right, here we go. This is episode number 89. Whoops. I just tapped the mic there. I hope that didn't screw anything up. 89, no laugh track. Uh, thank you to Circle of Heat for playing the music there. We love them. And uh, if you haven't, of course, like us on Facebook. Even hey, leave a comment. We got pictures, pictures of all the past guests, postings. I always uh, I like to keep it, you know, like let's say for example, Chris Porter who was a guest on No Laugh Track a couple weeks ago. He was on Arsenio. Well, the day after, I posted a clip of his appearance on Arsenio. So it's a good way to keep track of your favorite artists, your favorite uh, comics on. Uh, that appeared on this podcast. So please do that. Follow us on Twitter. It's at No Laugh Track. I'm at uh, at St. Paul Rock City. Let's cut all that crap. Time to get to it. Derek Hughes is here. Hi, Derek. Hey. Uh, I just snapped my fingers, and you're here because Oof. I'm a magician. Let me wave this smoke away. Mm-hmm. <coughs> can, can you remember uh, what number uh, episode? This is your... You're a two-timer now. I know. Congratulations. Thank you. Your uh, t-shirt will be uh, waiting outside for you. It's funny. Uh, Wasn't I like number three or seven or... 25. Oh, I felt more important. Uh, yeah, well, I, you probably think it was so early because it uh, it went so poorly on my behalf. So. No, no. I don't know that it did, but I only, was, can only assume. It was really nice seeing the machinations of a podcast at <laughs> yeah. work. Yeah, you know, no, Most that... of the podcasts I go to, they've, they've veiled mm. the raw nature of the podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Just like you've done today. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, 25. That was even. That wasn't even last year. That was 2012, man. Right. It was like. It's uh, how long it's fall. Been. Yeah. November. Thanksgiving time. November. I remember. I looked it up, and you were in because Jake was it. Jake Johansson was here that week. You did a day or two. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. I like doing weeks with Jake. Mm-hmm. Jake's amazing. I just did a fundraiser for his kids' uh, elementary did school. Did you seriously? Yes, because we talked about that when he was here last. Oh, really? The the fundraiser. Man, he packed that room. There's a venue in Santa Monica called uh, Yeah Yeah uh, Magicopolis. Uh huh. So and no connection whatsoever. It was just a venue that he rented for the fundraiser because he lives in that area. Yeah. And uh, but it's a venue, uh, a comedy magician from the '80s, Steve Spill. Okay. He uh, he did young comedians like HBO spots and was a, a funny kind of edgy magician. Okay. Great act. Anyways, he opened this thing in Santa Monica, the magic venue, right off the main promenade around the corner. And uh And you yeah. did a fundraiser for a elementary school. Yeah. 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 Great space. Totally raked uh the the audience is maybe fifteen rows, but they're very high to low, you know, uh and so there's no one very far away. It's almost like you're performing for uh, the 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 council for the Star Wars, you know, when they, they oh yeah, the, the course, yeah. There's a good there's a reference I can understand. Yeah, I'm embarrassed. My nerd my nerd self is embarrassed that I don't know the name of. I'm, that. I'm thankful you didn't use something out of like real history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you mean real? That is real history. I mean, it's, it's the mythology I live by. Exactly. Because <laughs> then I just have to go. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Oh, man, I just had to give in and let my two-and-a-half-year-old play with uh, some of my Star Wars Legos, man. The Legos. I got the Millennium Falcon, I got the uh, X-Wing, and I got the TIE Fighter, and they're up high. Yeah. They're out of reach. Mm -hmm. But they get pointed at and questioned a lot, and now we've it's been breached. We've played with the the grown-up Legos. So you had them, then you put them together, and then they've just been stored. Is that what you're saying? No, I play with them after bedtime, after they go to sleep. <laughs> I I get some Millennium Falcon time in. It's pretty great. 
Uh, how many have you lost? How many pieces have, have you? I've been vigilant so far, but I can see this is a this is a losing battle. You know, uh, a piece pops off. I got to keep track of it because he's got a younger brother that uh, you know is still in the Duplo zone. <laughs> Duplo know? zone, yeah, yes. Where he's you know we, everything's got to be choke free. Choking uh, hazard. Oh my god, those little helmets. Mm-hmm. That's a choking hazard. <laughs> That's a choking hazard. And I don't know who you're mocking, but you sound exactly like me. I'm mocking my <laughs> older daughter who would say that in reference to my younger daughter. <laughs> That's great. Like to warn me. That's, great. That's a choking hazard. I know. I know. Yeah, I know. We used to do this for you. Yeah. That's why you're, you're alive. alive. Yeah. <laughs> it's a choking hazard. I got it. That's great. I got it. So yeah, it's strictly on Benjamin's nap time that we uh, we play with the with the good start with the good Legos. Yeah, the spaceship Legos. And they did you have you taken them movies? You can take them to the Lego movie. You did know, you? Listen, I did, and it was I had to kind of roll with with my two and a half year old that day because oh. I took him to a movie theater. We got a snack. We got some. You know, uh, we got popcorn. We got red vines. Nice. And we're approaching the. You know, as a grown up, you don't. You don't realize how intimidating the threshold of a movie theater can be. Okay. You know, you got a hallway, people are kind of quiet, there's signs flashing, the darkness. Noise, the darkness. Sure. And uh, he was not going to go through that doorway. Oh, no. Really? He's holding on to my leg. Oh, He's no. He's pulling me. No, no, no. Scary noises. Scary. There was. I guess there was scary noises. So we spent a good half hour eating popcorn and red vines. <laughs> on a bench outside the movie theater talking about movies and you know uh, were you pointing out the other kids his size like you know he's going in and it was an afternoon so it was like an afternoon in in LA you know uh, off the 405 so it was like lone single dudes going in (laughs) to the Lego movie (laughs) you know Um, the random uh, teenager playing hooky right right so it wasn't it wasn't a festive environment. I think that that's part of what made him a little intimidated too. Was uh, there was no representative of him? Oh, sure. That was part of this whole thing. It yeah. was just all these crazy posters, and uh, he loves licorice. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I you couldn't feel bad about it because, yeah. uh, hey, man, it's on his time. So you did make it in. We did not see the Lego Movie <laughs> that day. We uh, did you get a refund. I did. Yeah, good. I did. And what's so kind of dick about it is i was kind of uh i was kind of douchey buying the ticket like hey he's two and a half you're gonna charge us for two. Oh, really so i got my ticket for free with a little work you know <laughs> like kind of putting my foot down and being like come on for real and then i had to ask for my refund for my one ticket that oh, i scored no, no. <laughs> they were cool with it they were totally yeah, cool with it well, thankfully you didn't go. You know, I paid for two. Yeah. So. <laughs> Where's my other? But what are we going to do next time? Is he going to go by himself? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to print me out two tickets. <laughs> the manager's standing there. Are you telling me you didn't sell me two tickets, sir? Because we are clearly two people standing I, here. I, he didn't walk in there himself. Or he did not walk in there himself. <laughs> oh. I know. Did you see it? No. But my kids did uh, with, with uh, their mother. And they are telling me that I'm going to take them as well. Oh great! Yeah, so they like it. You know, it's uh yeah. No, they also I, I also gave them permission to see that one. I tried to claim, and they're like, no, no, no. Mommy's going to see this one with us. You're going to take us to Muppets Most Wanted. Ah, and then there was the movie right in the middle, which is uh, Peabody and Sherman, of course. So then that was Switzerland. Like, who? Okay, which one of us is <laughs> that one's up for grabs? Are we just going to avoid? 
Peabody and Sherman? Oh, right. And you Are you going to take them? This is a divorce thing. Am isn't I going to take them? Yes. This is, this yes. Is, in my mind, I'm like, why not go as a family? I'm like, oh right. Yeah. No, we don't go to. There's no. We don't go to movies together anymore. That's the war terms. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. You know, it's it's peacetime, but um, so but we're still not going to uh, movies together. The UN's still not meeting, right. but um, yeah. So then uh, I said, you know what? The previews don't look good. You go ahead and let mom take you. Well, then they went and loved it, and then I read the reviews, and they were like really good for the Lego Movie. No, for the Sherman uh, Peabody and Sherman. Oh yeah, yeah, like the the you know like all the puns are as good as they were. I liked uh, Bullwinkle and. Peabody and Sherman uh, stuff. I have a Mr. Peabody bobblehead on my desk. Oh, okay. Just, well, see, you understand. Then, and obviously, not from the merch of this no, endeavor. No, the okay, original, this yeah. is this is an older bobblehead. And that's why you know. So then you probably know what I'm saying. Like, it's not going to be what I remember. It's different. Like, it obviously looks different. Right. Uh, the voices are going to be different. Like, this isn't going to be what I remember. It's not going to be as good. Well, then the reviews of people, you know, like our age, are going. Oh, it's it. good. So. Now I think I this weekend I've, we're at least seeing one of those movies. I They'll see it again. Or oh yeah, no, oh yeah, no. She's like, going to be that. Oh, she's like, we're and guy. then Daddy, you can take us to Sherman Peabody and Sherman this weekend, and then in two weeks, uh, Most Wanted, and then Lego Movie at some other day. So apparently, we're going to hit all of them. That's great. Yeah, I'm excited for you. I, yeah, you know, because I tried. <laughs> it wasn't his first attempt at a movie. He loves. Did your kids latch on to? Uh, a movie, a, 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 like a DVD, that they needed to watch over and over and over again? Uh, yes. And I remember there was one, like, not even the good, not even like the Cinderella, the classic, like yeah. Cinderella 2 or sure, something weird. Sure, the DVD, weird. straight yeah. to DVD, mm-hmm. but that yeah. was the one yeah. that she needed. For uh, Edward, we lucked out with Edward. He, uh, it was Lady and the Tramp. So it's good one. It was a good one. I, yeah, I yeah, liked that one. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The animation's awesome. The story's yep. good. Tramps a dog in more ways than one. <laughs> um but uh we took him to that, El Capitan, the uh, the Disney flagship theater up there oh, next wow. to the Jimmy Kimmel okay. you know, sound stage on Hollywood. Uh they do these you know, mo- runs of uh old films, of you classics. know. Classics. Yeah. Nice. So we took him and he made it through about half. So he's been into a movie theater. Was that when the food ran out or it was just time to go? Nah, I just don't think he'd sat in one spot, you know, and paid paid attention for that length of time. As cool as the theater was. Next is a baseball game. Get into a baseball game this summer. He's doing T-ball. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah? Yep. Very uh, cool. And we stopped on a walk the other day because there's high school. There's a high school right next to our apartment and... He one day we saw guys throwing balls back and forth really fast in baseball outfits. I don't know why I'm talking like Mr. Rogers. And then <laughs> outfits. the next day we saw those same guys finishing up a practice and we were pointing out who the coach is and they were doing baseball, which is just like T ball and Yeah. Yeah. That's a good bug to get. Oh just man. A baseball bug. That's good. Yeah, cool, right? That, that's very good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's better than those uh f- Contact sports. <laughs> oh my god, we're watching Friday Night Lights. Okay, my wife and I. <clears throat> you know, have you watched this show? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, spoiler alert, but episode one, dude's paralyzed, yeah. <laughs> and now all we can do is project our kids into that lifeless husk of a yeah, <laughs> hopeful. You know, <clears throat> excuse me. Do um, <clears throat> do kids these days they wear uh. At least I think I saw this. 
I think they wear like mouth guards when they play baseball now. Is that right? I have no idea. I think some do. They don't do it in t-ball. <laughs> I think I've seen that like baseball players it. in like high school and stuff have to wear mouth guards. I believe it. Like, what is that? Well, it's a hard little ball coming at you. Yes, I, I don't know. That's a little, a little too soft. <laughs> we're, we're getting a little too soft. <laughs> We get a little too soft. But of course, I was a swimmer in addition to a baseball player. So talk about <laughs> talk no about contact. Soft. Yeah. Talk about no contact. Mm, why are you shaving your legs? <laughs> Speaking of contact. It's a game tonight. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I like to, uh, you know, it's for my times on the podcast here. Yes, yes. <laughs> we can do an uh, hour and a half show in an hour when I, <laughs> you're so when I shave down. <laughs> no wind resistance. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense, but yeah, yeah I do it. No, but uh, speak, uh, about being... Right before we started recording, you were moving the, the uh, we have our little tables here, desks, yeah. sort of like, mm-hmm. and you were moving a little closer to uh, m- to my space here. I was. We joked about, uh, you know, getting closer or whatever, but it reminded me, I remember being what it, once at a grocery store about a year ago, and a guy fucking freaked out at this woman because she, was she got in his space. Like he was at the little stand, yeah, and he was actually writing out a check. So whatever, you're the douchebag for yeah. writing out a check still in yeah. 2013. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but... Uh, but he started writing, and then he kept like peering over his left shoulder, and finally he went, "Really, really this close?" And she went, uh, 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 "It was so uncomfortable. Wow. Like, how do you? Wow. I, does that make it better? Okay, so now she steps back, and now everybody's uncomfortable, and you're like going to leave in a minute anyway. Well, I wonder was she following the whole time he was at the <laughs> store? Like, yeah. Did she happen to have the same shopping list? And he's like, "This bitch keeps creeping." He's, he's reaching over he, for some apples, and she's reaching over for a... He breaks down <laughs> during drafting his check. He's checking the pineapple, puts one in his cart. She takes it out, puts it in her cart. What is going on? <laughs> what are we making for dinner tonight? Out of my fucking space. You know where space becomes a huge issue? Traveling for me. I, uh, I really have to be conscious of maintaining a positive attitude in airports now because i went through a window of time i want to say maybe it was like a six-month period where and i was traveling a lot and i was just a dick i got into my head where that was an okay space to cut people off and be rude because i'm the quote marks professional traveler here at six in the morning and i don't have time to deal with you not knowing how the self-check-in kiosk works and you know yeah and like and justifying rudeness Mm -hmm. without even really realizing i was doing it until i i realized i was doing it um but you know there's people will you're in that jet bridge waiting to get on the plane and I've had a guy like i keeps kicking my i got my rollerboard behind me you know rolling Mm mm-hmm and it keeps bumping because the guy behind me keeps Inching kicking forward. my bag, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I've shoved back. <laughs> like, yeah. Passive aggressive, right? That's, oh, yeah. Right? Minnesota all the way. Who, it, I, I'm sure uh used to go to concerts like at First Avenue here. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's standing room only. Mm-hmm. I mean, who didn't do that at a concert? Yeah. Like, uh, were you getting bunched? Like, get a little too crowded? Hey, man, elbow we were... come! Oh, I didn't mean to elbow you in the side because hey. you're in my space. Because you're dancing like a freak up on me, <laughs> stink. Yes. Take a shower before the concert if it's standing room, <laughs> guy. Thanks for being here. Well, keep in mind though that before the smoking ban, uh, you couldn't smell anything at a First Avenue. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's <laughs> you could, true. You could even, you could even see the ceiling. There was so much smoke, and and then that, that on top of the cobwebs and the dust. E-cigarettes were just banned in L.A. Have they been banned here? 
Uh, not completely. Uh, I just want to tell our listeners, too, that Justin just took a big hit off his ballpoint pen. That's right, I did. It made me think. <laughs> I, talk. I needed to do that to think about an e-cigarette. Uh, no, they have rule. You you know, each restaurant, probably how it started in L.A., restaurants kind of had their own rules okay. or whatever. But now they're just banned completely in every public I think so. Place, right? I think it's like, yeah, bars and restaurants. I, and it's, I, I, yeah. But who's I, saying it's safe? Who's I saying mean, it's not? Uh, that's, well, there's something in that smoke, you know? It's vapor, I get that, okay? But I'm dubious, as a magician, I think I'm just dubious at what anyone calls truth. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> sure. I am a professional liar, and I know night after night how easily people will be fooled. Oh, I get it now. You're, no, I know what it is. As, as someone that does magic, as a magician, you want to have possession of smoke. Yes. Yeah, I get it. And I don't want anyone else having the... Uh, you don't want to share smoke, fake, or real. Well, you know what? It's, I mean, there's a classic routine in magic uh, where you produce uh, a cigarette from nowhere, you, like an invisible cigarette. You mime rolling a cigarette, you mime lighting it, mm-hmm. and then real smoke starts coming out of your mouth. And, I mean, this is a real mystery until the invention of the e-cigarette, yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's it's funny how technology can does does a number on certain magic tricks. Oh, oh I man, bet. torn and restored newspaper. That's not going to be around too much longer. <laughs> are, you, are you doing that one? I You're love still doing that, that trick. one, right? I've oh, seen man. you do that one. It's great trick. Yeah, it's the best. I mean, uh, I the first time I saw a really great version of that effect, and it's kind of a classic. You know, there's multiple yeah. variations on how to get it done and how, you know, different ways, presentations on how it looks. And um, I feel like I've tapped into a really good version. Um, but I saw Doug Henning. You remember Doug Henning? Hippie magician? Oh, yeah. On the Orpheum stage, downtown Minneapolis. I was 12 years old. That freaking newspaper melted back together at his fingertips man yeah i gotta do that yeah um but now you know newspapers are <laughs> you're you'll be going to uh thrift not thrift stores but like some antique, you know, shops. Yeah, antique yeah. shops and used bookstores to get newspaper yeah yeah, yeah. the kennedy assassination <laughs> yeah. torn and restore newspaper it's a very expensive effect <laughs> all we have left is the one from d-day yeah landing on the moon <laughs> memories <laughs> Yeah, the cigarette one was, uh, you know, cigarette magic. I learned a lot of cigarette magic. Uh, I love magic tricks with cigarettes. And then cigarettes became the touch of, you know, oh, social yeah. taboo. Sure. Oh, and they kill you. Yeah. You know oh, that, right? That too. That yeah, good. Too. Yeah. So. There's that. There's great tricks with cigarettes. With real ones. Yeah. 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 Derek. Mm-hmm. I want to know, I want you to tell me and everyone that's listening to this all about insomnia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, I was touring a bunch and Charlene and I, we got these awesome kids. And Charlene's your wife. She's my beautiful wife mm-hmm. and an amazing mother. And she does it all on her own, more or less. I'm mm-hmm. not saying I don't participate, but I don't participate. Yeah. <laughs> um, not the way she does, you know, and it's tough. It's a real full-time job. Mm -hmm. And so we were trying to brainstorm. What's something to do local? What's something that I could get going in LA, you know, uh, 
something something happening. Yeah. Anyways, uh, there's an amazing hotel, Hotel Casa del Mar. It's in Santa Monica. Um, one of my intros to the place is uh, it's where Swordson puts his family when they come visit. It's like super nice hotel. Okay. Um, and we met up with his folks before heading up to uh, the Zohan premiere a few years ago. In this hotel, I was like, it's right on the beach. It's this beautiful brick structure, um, very elegant. And I'm like, this place is awesome. Um, they wanted to do a magic show. So throughout the fall, we set it up. We started talking about what it would look like, what the venue would look like. We did a press preview in December. It's in a small room at the Hotel Casa del Mar, the Crimson Room. Uh, the show Sounds seats, classy. It is classy. Crimson Room. We have a, uh, a wine reception for a half an hour before the show. Ooh. It's great. There's like a, it's like a little private suite and with multiple rooms, and people come. They check in. You get a drink. You hang. You socialize. Uh, meet other people coming to the show. And then these sliding doors open, and we've set up the room uh, to seat about, like I say, about 50 people. And it's an hour of very intimate magic. And by intimate magic, I don't mean uh, late-night Cinemax. I mean... You keep your clothes on. I keep my clothes okay. on, more so than I do uh, sometimes on this stage. Yeah. Um, and it's been going great. We're, uh, we're a handful of shows in. It's uh, every other Sunday. And we've just extended through the summer. Awesome. So it's happening through August right now. Yeah, so it was those first couple shows and showing the hotel that it's it's an exciting thing that uh, needed to happen, and now I'm just elated that we've extended, and now it's this now we can really build it into something. That's awesome. So yeah. twice a month or every other twice a month, right? And uh, yeah, information if if anyone's curious, uh, DerekHughes.net or StandUpMagician.com. They both go to the same site. Uh, has information on insomnia and a ticket link. So, yeah, I was looking at that this morning. Well, that's awesome. It's so cool, man. Yeah. And the the venue, like I say, it's fifty five seats, but it's four rows. You know, uh, two of them uh, on the perform on the floor, and then two of them on risers. So, I mean, imagine that it's it's a long, skinny room, very shallow. So, no seat is more than ten feet away from the action. Do you join them in the wine mixer at the beginning? You know, I have been on the fence about that. Uh, the, the opening night, I did. I grabbed a glass of wine and I hung out, you know. But I know a lot of people coming. And it's only a half hour, you know, before the doors open for the show. And also, I think getting ready for a show, there's something about... It's not like a wedding where, you know, you don't... You don't the don't see me. Don't see don't each other. But... I think it's better to hang out afterwards. Yeah. You know, let people arrive, unwind, get comfortable, get ready. And uh, I've been hanging out after now, yeah. recently. The last two shows, I realized that's that's probably the way to do it. With your own bottle of wine? <laughs> hey, hey, remember What's up, me? People? What's in the paper bag? You guess. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna make it disappear. Hey, I brought you something too. I brought you. Uh oh. I brought you a t-shirt. Oh, you did. Well, hey. What's up, dude? Check that That'll shit out. You right? Thought, hell yeah. Look at that. It says it has a little Twitter bird, and it says at Stand Up Magician. For the Twitter, that's freaking awesome. Well, what's the bird wearing? He is wearing a uh, top hat. That's right, because he's magician. Because he's a magic bird. <laughs> that is awesome. That's mine. That's for you. Thank you. You're welcome. Sweet. I got to get rid of this batch. They were made in Pakistan. Oh, so 
<laughs> no, I'm kidding. Some, what's, um, <laughs> I'm just, I'll wear it inside out then. It's funny. You know, we ordered them. They actually – can I see that again? Yeah. We did order them and we're – oh, this one's made in Egypt. Oh. Um, man, American Apparel, the, the trials and tribulations of merch, you know, uh, American Apparel, it's not a cheap shirt. Yeah. But it's a nice shirt. Mm-hmm. Certainly. But it's not a cheap shirt. Uh-uh. Made here right in the USA. I think that's part of why it's not a cheap shirt. Yeah. Uh, and then these, you know, people were saying these were comparable in quality and cotton, you know. And I, we didn't even think. Charlene helped me uh, put the order in it. I didn't even think about, well, where are they made? <laughs> you know? And now it's a little embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your terrorist T-shirt. <laughs> I'm a racist. Well, you could let's see. Is it's, it's right at the bottom. We could just cut it off. That was what she was saying. <laughs> we could clip the tags. Yeah. Bootleg this shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> like honey. I'm I uh be proud. I I I I feel like embarrassing you a little bit. Can you? I probably not. I bet you might. I don't know. I printed out a uh because I, I just think this is so funny. It's a review like of one of your shows recently. Oh or, yeah. Or um I don't know when was this one? Yeah. When well, that, that says one? I printed it out today. Okay, this is from about a year ago. Okay, it looks like two nineteen two thousand thirteen. Huh. I just I love the uh, I, writing skills of college writers. <laughs> is what I really like. Oh, man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do, I do interviews with these people, and, uh, you know, post show interviews, and then uh, how'd you glean that? I I I don't know. I. I do a lot of work for this show, man. Yeah. I don't just show up, all right? Yeah, it's got a stack of Lipton-like blue cards over here. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, this, do you remember, uh, actually, this is a different one here. Do you Springfield College? Springfield, I was just there. Okay, well, then this is a recent one. This is another one. I just switched it up here. This is, uh, I'm going to read some of this here. Springfield College students were treated to the best of both, both worlds Wednesday night as stand-up magician Derek Hughes dazzled all in attendance at the campus union. Hughes, uh, a.k.a. Lunchroom. Your lunchroom. See, perfect. All yeah. right, just follow up. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Add in whatever you see fit here. All right, Hughes utilized Springfield as his warm-up act for the three-day stint he had planned at the Mac King showroom in Las Vegas. True that. Which we can get to. I'm going to ask you some stuff about that. Hughes has been acclaimed by sources of David Blaine, Chicago Reader, New York Times. Those are all true. He got the audience involved on every trick of his. Every one. Which involved name-guessing. Yep. Card tricks and a barrage of others. Oh, name guessing, though. Have you ever seen me do the name guessing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> to where I guess names. I don't know what that person's talking about. <laughs> name guessing. Really? Mm, step right up. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm O for infinity, by the way. <laughs> Someday it's going to nail, though. You look like a Jim? Yeah, that's right. Uh, James, J- Jason. He got the audience involved on, uh, in every trick of his, which include name-guessing, card tricks, and a barrage of others that got the crowd laughing and gasping simultaneously as well. College writer. Sure. Yeah. That uh, might have been someone spilling coffee on their lap. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, as music played in the background, you play some music in the background? I do. I have, yeah. uh, I have some awesome sound cues. Some dramatic. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he stunned the... Uh, stunned the audience with his tricks but provided a brief armistice every couple of minutes to tend to the stand-up aspect i tended to it it was like a labor Mm -hmm. yeah tending tending to the to the comedy aspect it's like oh glad that magic was fantastic now pardon me for a moment 
while I tend to some jokes. <laughs> Hold on. I got one over here to pot. <laughs> uh, <coughs> excuse me. Getting over cold here, as you can see. Uh, his most notable trick, however, came at the very end. It started off as what appeared to be just another card trick until he called up a skeptic, as he put it. Mm-hmm. A skeptic in his eyes was someone who walked in late and somewhat scowled every time Hughes performed a trick. Hughes eliminated any shadow of a doubt from the skeptical student as he had him choose a card in his mind. Oh, this is a classic one. That you in do, his right? mind. Yes. Is, is it in your mind right now? Do you have it in your mind? Upon shuffling the deck, Hughes realized that the card was not in the deck, rather in an envelope at a table in the perimeter of the union. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lo and behold, lo and behold, the card that the student chose, the Eight of Diamonds, was in the envelope, sending the students of Springfield back home amazed. You know what's fantastic about that kind of journalistic memory is uh, that's a miracle. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I, what that person just described. <laughs> Guy thought of a card. Yeah thought of it yeah it vanished uh-huh. and it's in an envelope at the perimeter of the venue yeah thank you <laughs> i will not correct you at all as to what you truly experienced that night live on memory yeah. of miracles <laughs> live on <laughs> so good <laughs> oh, that's so great uh is there anything else here uh the str- oh, uh you also say derek uh, it was not an the trip was not an easy one but it was a price that you're willing to pay to play that's right why did they say that because uh, well here's the guy the way he couched the interview we, co- we talked after the show he asked if he could ask some questions after the show and I said for sure and this is my third time at Springfield uh, I play the school I know the venue and it is it's a, it's a lunchroom man it's, a, it's the center of the student union against a wall of glass which is per- nothing like a reflective surface behind the magician <laughs> to help in uh, in eliciting those gaps, I said nothing to see there. Yeah, uh, my eyes are over here. My eyes are over here, people. Um, so, his question was, "What's a day in the life of you?" You know. Mm-hmm. So, I just started back at going to the airport at midnight in L.A. and sleeping upright and making a connection, and you know. Um, what's oh, funny? I see. Yes, he said uh, that you you were able to squeeze a nap in. Squeeze a nap in. Yeah, I talked go. about how I had to take a nap. Well, right? that I can understand. <laughs> right? Yeah. That Now we're talking about something I get here. <laughs> Napping. Yeah. Pillows, sure. Uh-huh. Familiar. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's that's how that that information about sleeping and stuff. I, you know, I was... In the interview, I also mentioned I like meditating. I'm really into meditating. I really enjoy it. And I find it very helpful mm-hmm. for energy and focus when I'm on the road, you know, because it's a tight schedule and uh, showtime is important. I mentioned that to him I, and I kind of gave it some, some weight, mm-hmm. you know, in, in our talk. No mention. Nothing. At all. Nothing. About the, the, the weird. The magician said something kind of weird. That didn't fit in with his I don't think I, yeah. description of your... I don't think... I'm going to mention the meditating. Your miracle tricks. What is meditating? Is he a terrorist? <laughs> I think he's telling me he's Muslim. Pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, then this was another one. But, but uh, that, yeah, we, we, we covered that And he eats well. hummus. He eats, 
I just bought some of the store last night. Delicious. <laughs> what What's Parlor Magician of the Year? I saw you tweet you were nominated oh, for dude, Parlor Magician of honor. the Year. Magic Castle is a club in L.A. It It's the home of the uh, Academy of Magical Arts, mm-hmm. right? This is uh, 1963. These two brothers founded, they, they got the lease on this beautiful Victorian mansion that's literally a block away from... Man's Chinese Theater, where all the famous handprints and feet prints in the cement are, mm-hmm. right? Um, and they started a club for magicians in the 60s, and it has become home base for magicians all over the world. And uh, one of the reasons L.A. became home, you know, because it's I have access to some amazing friends and buddies, and I can see performances. You know, there's there's a... The close-up gallery seats about 20 people. The Palace of Mystery seats about 150. The parlor seats about 60. There's a 45-seat venue called the Peller, and then there's a handful of bars that magicians also perform at. So there's shows going on. Yeah. Early performer and late performer in the parlor and the close-up room. Uh, three performers in the Palace of Mystery, seven days a week. Wow. 52 weeks a year. Shows every night, magic going on. Dress code. So you come to this Victorian mansion, you're in a suit and a tie, no denim, no sneakers, everyone's dressed to the nines. You check in, you go to a little bookshelf on the wall, there's an owl, you say, open sesame. The bookshelf slides to the side. Come on! And you go through into this Victorian bar area. There's a piano uh, where a ghost, Irma, takes any request and plays piano. Now this was since 1963. This is before Shazam. This is before, you know, uh, there's not some voice-activated iTunes selection in the wall. You know, there's something's going on here. Um, And every year there's the Academy of Awards for magicians that happened at uh, the the Magic Castle. Okay. And um, for the last two years, I've been nominated by my fellow magicians for the title of Parlor Magician of the Year. Check that out. Dude, it's so cool. I'm so honored. It's I'm just tickled beyond belief, you know? Uh, my first magic kit was the 50 greatest, the 100 greatest tricks of the last 50 years. Yeah. Okay? On the I bo- said I put a picture of that, right? Yeah, I yeah. put a picture. The bottom of the box, and I got this kit when I was 10 years old, the bottom of the box is a little description and story with pictures of the magic castle, you know? And it's just so weird. Like, that was my first magic kit. And you think of those seeds that are planted and how life happens. Yeah. And here, years later, I'm being nominated for an award from that house that's in black and white on the bottom of that kit. Yeah. You know? That's been around since before you were born. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. It's pretty cool. I mean, stiff competition, I'll tell you. A couple of the other guys nominated are really good buddies and... uh, can you win multiple times? You can win any given award uh, through the uh, Academy of Magical Arts twice. Okay. I think. Maybe Magician of the Year is a one-time thing. There's Magician of the Year. Usually goes to pretty established celebrity entities. I would imagine. Right? Penn and Teller have won. I've heard of them. Yeah, they're pretty good. <laughs> um, then there's Stage Magician of the Year. Parlor Magician of the Year. Close-up Magician of the Year lecturer of the year now i looked online to try to understand what the difference is parlor magician yeah i didn't completely understand it's the venue it's that's really that's it there's a venue in the in the building called the parlor and 
every time you work that room over the course of the year, your contract says, do you want to be cons- do you want this performance to be considered for an award? You check yes or no. Oh, which category, basically? Right. Yeah. Okay. And then you're nominated. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm so honored <laughs> that I check that box. All um, these years, I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I was just ignoring it. <laughs> so from f- all those, so there's two performers a week, early and late in the parlor. So that's potentially 54, no, 104 different acts yeah. that could be nominated down to the final. I think it's five. I act like I don't know. It's five. <laughs> there's five. I don't know. This thing's not really important. So yeah, five, whatever. ten, who cares? <laughs> so when is the, uh, there's an award April show? 13th. April, April 13th? Yeah. Downtown LA. You'll be uh, in attendance? I will definitely be in attendance. Is this something where they call you up then and then you're given a, yeah. a speech? It's or very much wins? like the Academy Awards. Yeah. Last year, Jason Alexander hosted the, uh, the event. Um, the Seinfeld yeah, Jason Alexander? Yeah. Really? He's an amateur magician and does a great, he's... One parlor magician of the year. No kidding. Yeah. Okay. He does a really funny, fun mentalism act where he does a lot of uh, name guessing. Now you're making <laughs> things up. That's just a callback <laughs> to uh, the brilliant description of <laughs> he, he, he'll he leave you gasping in amazement. He, he invented name guessing? <laughs> name guessing. <laughs> I want that my poster, you know, like Thurston, these great magicians throughout time, right? Houdini would have the poster and then in the poster would d- be a description of their premiere effect that you yeah. would see on that tour. Houdini, buried alive. Thurston, Iasia, you know, uh, it's a crazy weird name. I want to do that. Big poster. Derek Hughes, name guessing. <laughs> And then a little like a window. It says like Julie question mark. <laughs> and me get in a real quiz. My face looks very quizzical. I'm guessing. Yeah. I'm not sure, but it's a it's it's a guess. If I were to guess, it's uh yeah. I they don't even do that at like the uh, at the state fair where that the guy does your weight or your no, age. It's weight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean name name guessing's pretty impressive if you can. Bill, yeah. what? How did you know? Well, you look pretty fat. <laughs> yeah. You're 200 pounds off of my weight, but you yeah. guessed my name. How did that happen? Unbelievable. Tone of voice, sir. Oh. It's all in your tone of voice. Um, so so there we're, was... ve- we're very excited about that. You know, and... Uh, well, hell yeah. Yeah. Do you bring the whole family for that then? You think they'll bring, all go? Bring the wife. Yeah? It's an evening event. Um, Neil Patrick Harris uh, hosted the the previous year okay you know he's the president of the academy of magical you know Arts. what I, I yeah also a that very, sounds familiar very accomplished magician you've met him and stuff yeah, yeah yeah a bunch of times yeah yeah good guy he's, i got him in my phone i texted him pictures when the babies were born really sure doogie he's, Hauser. he's a new father too that's right he and his yeah. uh did he get married i don't know yeah. uh if they're i know he and his well say partner then they have yeah, like yeah. one or two kids right yeah yeah they bought a couple Fucking Doogie Hauser. You know Doogie. <laughs> I don't, we, we don't do that. <laughs> I can't say Doogie. <laughs> it's very taboo. No, it's not taboo, actually. Uh, I, I don't think he has an issue with that. Okay. Uh, um, Barney. That's his name on. Uh, Isn't that funny, too? How I Met Your Mother. That his character is such a dog, such a player. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know. He's, you know, he's not a domestic that guy. partner and yeah. adopted kids. No, and. No. Uh, He's he's like on uh, yeah can do Broadway, <laughs> man. You know when I became a giant fan of his was that sequence in the first Harold and Kumar, 
when he rolls by out of the sunroof, hanging out the sunroof. Oh, yeah. With the girlies, you know, just making cold eye contact. <laughs> that was really like his first, like, hey, he's back. Yeah. I mean, Besides it was, a small role in like that Star, Starship Troopers movie. Remember that? Yeah, I do. Uh-huh. Of course you do. You're his friend. Come on. Yeah. You guys probably sit around and watch it together. We watch his whole catalog. <laughs> He's a great magician. I, I, yeah. I've seen that. At least yeah. I've heard that. Maybe you told me that. Probably. Probably. Do you have other magician friends? Uh, no. I meant right. No, no. I know some people that can make money disappear. <laughs> hi Hey. You could use that one. Thanks. Hey. I'm going to make a note. Hey. I'm typing it in. There's a... Um, we... Uh, do you know that guy David Steinberg? The comedian David Steinberg? Yeah. He, he does a show on Showtime. He's interviewing comics and whatnot. We had him on the KQ Morning Show a couple weeks ago, and I... And it doesn't happen very often, but every now and then they actually send us questions, like suggested questions for your guest. Nice. You know, to kind of lead them in I think, yeah. where they want them. Anyway, so I'm stealing this one. I, I was surprised that they gave us such a generic question. A suggest They suggested this generic question to ask David Steinberg, and now I'm going to ask you, who's your favorite comic? Wow. Yeah, I know, right? Wow. Yeah. Um. You don't even need to name one. Who do you re- who who's uh, who's caught your attention recently? Recently? Yeah. Recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you say who's my favorite comic, and I immediately my mind starts okay, we'll to go all scroll. Time. Well, I I can't help but mash up magic and comedy. You know, Harry Anderson mm-hmm. comes right to my brain. He did those uh, short spots on SNL on the year that Lauren wasn't the <laughs> producer. Oh, that's remember right. That? Yeah, and they yeah. had they had a, a window of time where Variety came back, and they were doing Variety acts. Like the very first season, they would do little comedy bits with non-cast members. Andy Kaufman did Mighty Mouse, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Um, and Harry Anderson had this character that he was developing called Harry the Hat, and he came on SNL and shoved a needle through his arm, wearing a wife beater, you know, sleeveless T-shirt and his dirty fedora. And he does this geek trick where it looks like he's penetrating his arm with a with a big hat needle. Yeah. And I just was blown away. That was the coolest thing. So bizarre and weird and he was his character was so deadpan and totally hilarious. Is he then what's he doing now? Well, he bought a magic shop in New Orleans right before Katrina hit. Um I just I, met, it doesn't sound like it says a happy ending. Uh <laughs> Well, I mean, happy ending, you know, here's a guy who was the lead on a major hit sitcom for years and years. Night Court. Night Court, man. Uh, And, you know, I don't think he's he's hurting by any means. But, you know, I do feel like that the vision of settling down to his, you know, awesome chill existence at his awesome magic shop in New Orleans did get derailed. (laughs) I suppose it Um, it did. He uh, he writes stuff for magicians. He does he does some teaching, like uh, you know, lecturer of the year. I mentioned at the AMA, the okay. Academy of Magical Arts. He's uh, won that, you know. I think uh, he he'll uh, come in and give a talk for a room full of people about his. Mostly, kind of turns into storytelling. I suppose it's just fantastic. Yeah. Do you ever teach anybody trick like kids or? Yeah, like, man. Maybe, I mean, not just like oh, sure, I'll show you one, but actually, no. 
and it's been a, kind of a bummer because with the birth of my boys, it's been harder to justify the week. But I go out in the summer when I can. Sometimes it's you know for half a week. Uh, often it's been for the full week to teach at Magic Camp. Uh, I went when I was twelve. Tannins is a big magic store in Manhattan, and they would do a summer program. They've done it for thirty years now, um, where it's summer camp for magic nerds. There's no sporting activities. There's no. Were you in some recess. documentary about this thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Magic Camp, the documentary. I do my I do my research. Damn straight, right? and it's great. Uh, it is exhausting. I mean, it is a week of nonstop mentoring. These kids are so into it. How are those kids? Are they just the best? They kind of suck. They Really? No, I'm kidding. They got to be like they're little, little nerds, right? They got to be awesome. They're super nerds. And their ages from 10 to 20, you know, so you got this whole range. Yeah. Um, there's kids that are focusing on close-up magic. There's kids that are focusing on stage magic. Uh, the week begins with a contest, the preliminaries of a contest, which narrows down to four uh, competitors in each different category. Junior close-up, senior close-up, junior stage, senior stage. Um, and the contest becomes sort of a rallying for the week. You got people helping their friend get ready. Uh, a lot of the performers, we, we do the contest on the first day so we can see where this talent pool is at mm -hmm. and where and who needs what work where. And then we kind of split off and start mentoring these kids, giving them notes and rehearsing their material so they can have a good shot it's gotta be so fun it's really fun it's exhausting yeah because it's a hundred plus campers and you finish talking to one about their vision and man these kids have visions i bet and they're trying to describe to you yeah what it's gonna look like so you know there's this curtain and then the ball will float in and i got this music and, you know and you're like trying to follow trying to keep focused and trying to give them something that's worthwhile yeah. information-wise, right? And as soon as you're like, all right, good luck with that. On with the, Go rehearse now. You turn around and, oh, there's a kid standing right there. <laughs> like, hey, yeah. I was thinking of doing this thing. And, you know. Um, what, so what's the documentary? It's just an example, like a week of that? A, years ago, uh, a few years ago, a documentary film crew came in. And uh, they had had some success with other documentaries on the festival circuit. And they shot a week of the camp and they were just going to do a sizzle reel. You know, they were just going to shoot a little bit mm -hmm. and then try to put something together, get funding. But the first stuff they shot right off the bat was like so compelling and interesting. Uh, there's a featured camper who has Tourette's. Okay. You know, this teenage kid who's dealing with Tourette's. And it's just this beautiful story about how magic is something that he has that's his Tourette's can't take from him yeah you know and it can be a bridge to communicating to people and you know oh, really, that's cool really quite sweet yeah um so they stuck around all that week and shot 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 i'm very small you know moments in it um i was helping one of the competitors this kid reed this is a great story he had come in the year before and he's was overweight and super shy and there's a type of magic, Justin, called thimble magic, where okay. okay, where you got thimbles on your fingers and the thimbles are appearing and disappearing. I have never been into thimble magic. It's never really made sense that a magician would have thimbles. Uh -huh. You know. Yeah. Um, now there's amazing visual stuff that you can do, 
but nonetheless, you still you got thimbles on your fingers. Playing cards, I get coins, money, cigarettes, cool, right? Thimbles, you <laughs> bent over too fast. You uh, your suit doesn't fit anymore. <laughs> you pop a button. Yeah. Why? I have one right here. Thimble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ta da! <laughs> but this kid, uh, he competes in the close up. He gets up on stage and he really shy, and he hits play on the his little iPod. He's got his own little speaker there and. His shirt, it's got stains on it, you know, and deep breath. And and he, and he starts, to the music on the iPod, he starts making these thimbles appear and disappear. And he's got really no stage presence. But the thimble, the sleight of hand he's doing is very advanced and complicated yeah. and interesting in spite of the fact that it's thimbles. Uh, and he squeaks into the finals just based on his technical prowess. Uh-huh. If anybody had been even slightly had slightly more skill and th- the slightest ability to talk to a room full of people, he would have been out yeah. for sure. Yeah. Okay. Cut to two nights later. I'm walking down the hall, you know, during a free time period between lectures and classes, and this kid Reed is his name comes up to me, same dirty T-shirt. But he's been he's been around campers now for two days, and he's seen magic, and he's gotten positive feedback from what he's doing. Sure. And he gets up in my face, and he starts beatboxing while he's making these thimbles appear and disappear from his finger, right? And uh, crosses his arms all tough, you yeah. know? And we laugh, and I say, that needs to be your contest act. And he's like, what? And I'm like, what you just did for me. And I, he'd never heard of Andy Kaufman, so we kind of lifted uh, the um, the Mighty Mouse oh, you're sure? bit, mm-hmm. where Andy Kaufman's very shy, and you know he looks like Foreign Man, and he sits down and cranks, and the music plays, and then he gets all, you know, machismo and confident yeah, during that good one lip sync, mm-hmm. right? Here I come to save the day. Mm-hmm. So I tell Reed about that. I describe that performance, and I say, maybe you come out on stage. And we think you're the same shy guy, and you adjust the mic, and you <clears throat> is this thing on? Uh, my name is Reed uh, Spool, and um, this is my magic. And he starts to full on beatbox into the mic and do the thimble and trick, do the thing with so much confidence, and then ends, <clears throat> and again, uh, thank you, and walks off shy. Awesome. He killed it. Of course. He killed it. Awesome. And not only that, like, I, I'm going to say, you know, he, like, he lost a lot of weight. And he, you know, like, he, when I saw it, like, he discovered he's got this great ability and an amazing talent to perform. And he just needed a, a bridge and the venue to feel it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty great. Wow. So, uh, in the documentary, it's his second year. He's defending his title. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But it's really fun. When I went, it was in Long Island, Central Islip, tough area. You know, one of the first years I went up and taught, this is when I was in my, I was like 19, 20, 21, I went and taught for a handful of years. And then there was a window of time I didn't. Okay. And then I started recently going back the last few years. Um there's like a stabbing at the 7-Eleven down the road from the place, you know, like puddle of blood on the ground, like nice. coming from Minnesota, like, whoa, mm. shit. Mm. 
go, let's go back to Magic Camp. <laughs> and the, in Long Island, it was at this, uh, like, a technical college that during the rest of the year, it was a culinary school. But before that, it had been a mental institution. So it had remnants, like, fencing in the stairwells and, like, just weird vibe. Yeah. Well, Magic Camp has since moved the last five, six years. It's been at Bryn Mawr in Philadelphia. Bryn Mawr is, a, during the year, an all-girls school. Okay. Women's school, women's college. It's gorgeous. I bet. It's, it's Hogwarts. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, literally, it's Hogwarts. It's droopy trees, and at night, there's fireflies and bats and frogs. I'm not joking. And the architecture looks like a gothic. That's what the uh, little pitch on the movie is, right? The yeah. little Hogwarts or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think is what I saw. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a big part of what makes that movie uh, work is the setting. You know, I mean, it's really... We lucked out. Yeah. This amazing venue. That's really cool. Yeah. What, uh, I don't think this came up last time we talked on this podcast, but I posted a picture of it on Facebook this morning of you from As If. (laughs) What was that? That was. Because you look fucking preppy and, uh, or not preppy, like a, um, not like you. Not You're definitely me. playing a character. Oh, Let's big time. Big time. So I put a picture of that on Facebook this morning. You're hilarious. Yeah. What was um, As If? As Sorry, if, I don't know. At, no. We, none of us ever did. Um, <laughs> it, was a, it was a hit show in England. Yeah. Um, and it was... Over there, it was called The Office, right? Yes. You've heard of it? <laughs> um, it was, the LEG show. It was, it was called <laughs> As If. They're very creative over here in... Uh, how to how to improve something? One actress stayed from the original cast mm-hmm. and came over, and they cast the rest of the cast as Americans. And it was uh, it was a show. It was the our lead in was Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which was the network's number one show at the time. So it was the WB or CW or UPN. what was it back then? It was UPN, oh, UPN, United Paramount Network. UPN, yeah, yes. And this was a remake of a hit show. That was, and there was a lot of excitement in the network for this show, and uh, they cast. You know, I was I was number one on the call sheet, which is kind of a big deal. Like I didn't realize how big of a deal it was at the time, uh, but just you know, really, uh, what am I saying? It was a goofy teen comedy drama. Yeah, um, it was nonlinear. Every episode covered the course and actions of about four days every scene was shot with two cameras one of them handheld shooting all over the place so it was very frenetically edited okay and it was non-linear in its time sequence so it would bounce forward and back in time over the course of that four days oh wow yeah yeah i saw what i thought was a demo of the show when i was auditioning for it which was, I mean, just fast-paced all oh, over no. the place. Bam, bam, bam. Action, action, action. Whoa, okay. So there's a lot. This show's got a lot going on. We got cast. Production sat us down, the entire cast, to watch two full episodes of the British as if so we could get... Right. And that's what I had seen. And you thought, it was well, just not finished. I thought it was a, a teaser reel. Oh, no. And it was the pace of the show. Oh, no. It was this... I mean, now... I'll tell you, I watched more after that, uh-huh. and once your brain acclimates to the storytelling device, 
it's very well told mm-hmm. and was really interesting and but it was very experimental for you know midwest regional uh affiliate network programming yeah, yeah. right so we it wasn't a pilot it went right to network we shot seven episodes all of them and uh there was posters all over new york there was billboards in la i mean literally i had a billboard up where i would <laughs> drive in with a friend i looped the block like three times Who until wouldn't? he noticed it so i could go, <laughs> oh yeah that yeah no big deal <laughs> uh right turns only car only do right turns yeah what's going on here yeah. oh, i seem to be uh, what am i looking for oh my giant face <laughs> Um, Did they air all seven? They aired two. Oh! Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Now, here's what's funny with Hollywood. You know, so much was going for the show. You know, the network was a big fan, and they're investing clearly money in media to promote it. They gave us their number one time slot, you know, after their, their big hit. Yeah. For that target well, demographic. Was huge. Big deal. And about... Within the two weeks of the show premiering, big change up top at the network. Oh. New president, old president out, new president in. Well, infanticide is what happens in Hollywood. Um, you kill the you kill the babies mm-hmm. of whoever was there before you. Sure, because if that show took off and became a hit, the new president gets no credit ah, yes. whatsoever. They aired the first episode. Out of sound sync. Now, I'm not saying it was intentional, but someone sabotaged that show. Oh my god! I'm not saying it would have been a smash hit. It was, you know, it was goofy as shit. And my character was a dweeb, horn dog, weirdo. You know, really comic relief. Were you playing a lot? Goofball. How much younger were you? I was playing a lot younger than really? me. I was playing an 18 year old, okay. and I was in well into my 20s. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so the first episode airs like a Japanese horror film. You know, I mean, adding that non-linear <laughs> oh, no. forward and backward jump cut whip. People pan, may have thought their televisions were broken. They thought that they thought they thought I'm changing the channel. Is what they thought. <laughs> yeah. they thought, I got no idea. Wasn't doing is, this on Buffy. Yeah. Doesn't that suck? Wow. Yeah. Well, that's why I missed it, because there were two episodes. That's right. Sorry I didn't catch you. There that's okay. Two. I have them all. If you're interested, you have a VHS player. <laughs> dude, I'm on VHS for real. I do. I you got, do. got did it. Did they all give them to you, or did you have? To, how did you get them? Uh, I I got them. I got them, and I don't know how I got them, but I did get like official copies. All right. It was it was fun. It was a great great crew of people, and there was a lot of excitement about the show. You know, uh, I think I've always kept a very level head as far. You know, I I mean, there was people at the time were like, "Dude, you're going to be famous," you know, mm-hmm. and I just like. I have a lot of friends who work very hard and some succeed fantastically and some are still really working hard Mm -hmm. and they're both valid. Yeah. Can't can't argue that. I, um, we both have meters that are running out of time outside. I want to ask you about one more thing. This is another thing. I don't know. I don't know if my research team just didn't catch these things last time. Oh yeah, we did the podcast, but they're really good now. I've uh, I've upgraded my hires. Uh, nice. <laughs> it's all you, isn't it? Yeah, it's all me. Yeah, it was what I thought. Now you just uh, switched uh, to Bing. <laughs> I like Bing. Audi, Audi, 
and the Wolf. Audie and the Wolf. What did I? I just watched the t- teaser trailer thing. Yeah, what is a, that? I'll give you a copy of what that is. What is that? It is a uh, fifty thousand dollar blockbuster. Um, <laughs> what is it's that? It's eighty minutes of reverse werewolf madness, uh, and it was probably the most fun I've ever had working on a gig. Uh, and I mean that. Really? I was the lead yeah. in the feature film, you know, and it was super low budget and beyond stupid. The premise is uh, I play John Doe. I am a wolf that comes uh, that becomes a man during the cycle of the full moon. Backwards, wolf becomes a man. That's right. Right. See? Mm-hmm. How great is that? Yeah. Uh, the full moon goes away and he's back into a wolf. Uh, but when he when I emerge into a man i have amnesia and a deep hunger for meat i need blood uh so uh and i but i fall in love it's a love story and there's zombies um i get to kill rance howard ron howard's dad he uh, is that who that okay the old guy the no, doctor yeah he's so great i was like i recognize him richard Reilly, who is the uh it's a jump to conclusions matt from office space oh yeah i get to kill him uh he's awesome in it uh krista campbell is this sort of scream queen bombshell yes i looked her up oh, she's in a lot of movies like that yeah yeah, yeah. just a cutie and so hilarious and I don't know if intentional, like, I mean, literally she comes out, she's wearing like this bloody negligee because she's been murdered, but she comes back from the dead because when you're killed by a werewolf, unless the werewolf dies, you are doomed to eternal waking death. Um, So she's got a gun in her hand and she's wearing basically underwear. She walks into the kitchen where we're shooting the scene and literally she goes, where do I scream? Like she's looking for her spot, you know? And she meant it, and it was awesome. <laughs> Where do I scream? Doesn't matter. Yeah. Audie and the Wolf. Uh, Brian O'Malley wrote it. Uh, he wrote uh, an indie uh, cult film called uh, uh, Bleak Future. And uh, he teamed up with Brooklyn Reptile Films, which is one of the producers is originally from here, Christo. Uh, that I knew him from here. Okay. And I auditioned for that movie, and the way independent films work, if if they can get any celebrities involved, they'll do it. Yeah. No matter who cares whose audition was better, because the name of that game is getting distribution, getting, you know, getting it out there. And I'm not, I wasn't a bankable entity, and thank God they didn't find someone else, because that role was meant to be mine. Yeah. And I loved it. It was uh, two weeks. We shot long days. At this mansion in in uh, Los Feliz, and uh, so like what year? Like two thousand eight, nine. This was six years ago. I want to say it was right two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is insane that time flies like yeah, that. It, it, I mean, it sure does. It's embarrassing. It's bizarre. It's really bizarre. But that was great. And Audie and the Wolf. It's uh, it's cheap. You can where get did it, it? Where did it end up when it was finished? Um few minutes shy of being really a potential for festivals you know it's an 80 minute okay. feature and so we missed out on a handful of festivals where 90 was really the minimum length for a feature we did a couple of festivals i i went to the san jose film festival it screened at the downtown la film festival um screaming applause you know it's like i say it's so over the top and has anyone ever come up to you and said dude 
I know who you are. Uh, from yes, that. there has been people who have fans of Audie and the Wolf who have like, oh my god, you're the werewolf. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Which is awesome because it did not get, you know, I mean, I'm, I think I own more copies than anyone. And uh, anybody can own a copy. I don't know how, when the last time the website for that movie was updated, but it, currently it's listed at 60% off the original retail price. That's right. Yeah. So, so. it's a bargain right now. Mm-hmm. It is a bargain. I, I imagine. And so fun, man. I can't, I, I'm so glad you brought that up. Good. <laughs> and you're shirtless, I couldn't help but notice. And, a lot of yeah. working out, a lot of working out mm-hmm. before that. Yeah. You know, it's, we used the, here's the budget. I had an abscess tooth at that time. I, I, I lost a front tooth, mm-hmm. right? So I was wearing, I had a fake, a fake tooth that would kind of pop in for a oh, while sure. while the, bone graft was healing this is too much information so i'm i'm pre-op for an implant okay how la is that um and i go to get my fangs made at the makeup studio for the movie and uh you know i gotta take this thing out i gotta make the 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 fake teeth fit over this giant gap in my tooth Mm -hmm. and we have the idea we change the script um so now at the end of the movie, when she, I'm chasing her down, I'm all hulked out, you know, I'm freaking out animal style. And uh, during the chase, she elbows my face and knocks my tooth out. Okay. And it goes <laughs> skittering across. Okay. I've got werewolf teeth. Yeah. Okay. She knocks. Oh. When her love prevails and I am calmed down and turned back into the benevolent John Doe yeah, and we're embracing a big smile on my face and I'm missing that tooth. Oh God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> High budget, baby. Make use of what you got. You didn't then wink into the camera, did you? <laughs> no, but the empty space kind of twinkled. Like yeah, a, of course it did. <laughs> like a gold tooth. <laughs> of course it did. <clears throat> Jeez, excuse me. <clears throat> All right. Is there anything else uh, that we haven't mentioned that you've got going on that I did we sh- that should give some attention to? You said your uh, Twitter. Excited Facebook, to be here. Yeah. The, uh, uh, shit going on. The uh, awesome show you have back home. Yep. In Insomnia. Uh, at Stand Up Magician. That's uh, I was I had another Twitter handle for a while and then uh, kind of had this thought. Stand Up Magician. At Stand Up Magician. Mm-hmm. So that's. That's the big thing. That's what it says on your T-shirt there. I will. Uh, I'm going to wear that until you get 500 more followers. Hey, beautiful. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. The rest of the week, obviously, you're here at Acme. Today's yep. Wednesday, so we got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's the right. Shows Friday, Saturday, and we got six more. I want to say six more shows. One, two, three, four, five, six. There we go. Yeah. And we got uh, Earl and Ben. Oh, yep. Uh, yep. Earl Elliott. Correct. Ben Sandal. Yep. Very funny guy. Yeah. Only getting better. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I love about this city, you know? You see the comics in this space grow. Oh, yeah. I just saw Andy Erickson out in LA. I saw you put a picture of her on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I ran into her at a club called Flapper. She was doing a quick showcase for Chelsea. So I snuck in there and took some snaps and That's posted that. Isn't that cool? I'm so happy to see her. Yeah. And she's going to be back uh, here working when Cy Amundsen's back. Oh, great. And I'm hoping to get both of them on the podcast. Oh, great. I'd love to get an update uh, from Andy since she moved to California. You know, and what's so crazy is I didn't even know she was there. Yeah. You know? 
uh, it's such a sprawl. You know, in, in L.A., there's like a 16-mile radius of friendship, you know. Where do you live? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Let me know if you move. Maybe we'll hang. It's the worst. But this was great. Good. Thank you. Thank you very much. You, buddy. Yeah, pleasure. Continued success, sir. Oh, one final thing. Yes. Do you, uh, Last time you were on, um, your second child was in, in utero. Yeah. Do you have any other announcements to make or anything at this time? We're not making any new babies right now. Uh, Benjamin's a healthy 10 months, demanding to use uh, his cutlery. He wants to eat it himself, mm-hmm. apparently, whatever it is. He wants, he wants a shot at it. Um, and uh, Benjamin's doing T-ball. I mean, Edward's doing T-ball. Wow. That happens a lot, doesn't it? We have two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Benjamin, Edward. Uh, you, you know who you are. Yeah, get over here. You know which one of you plays T-ball. Derek, thank you. Thanks, Justin.